Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight woo, up two o'clock. Doing that a lot lately. On this Monday afternoon, good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside filling in for Gambo today, our good friend, my longtime colleague. I've known him for so long, it's going to embarrass both of us if I actually put a number on it. <laughs> Kevin Ray filling in for Gambo today as Gambo is off with his son at a baseball tournament in Houston for his club ball team. We're always happy to welcome in the voice of the Phoenix Suns on the TV side, Kevin Ray here on Burns and Gamble. What's going on, K-Ray? Burnsy, good to see you. Good to see you. Happy belated birthday, my oh, guy. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. We had a good weekend. Maybe that's why my voice went out. In fact, <laughs> right. you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna blame it on the things that you do when you have a birthday for why my voice might have went. It's okay. Those are the things you got to do when you have a birthday. I mean, <laughs> at least, at least in my book. a little bit too hard. Swung at the pinata a little too hard. Yes, and a little too much. We're not streaking. Yeah, a little too much candy came out when I swung at the pinata. Might yeah, have been in the hurt locker for a few hours. <laughs> you know, too old. I can't be doing that anymore. <laughs> who, who the hell do I think I am doing stuff like that? Right. Come on, man. Uh, good to see you were in Dallas. Yet, even though you guys didn't have the game, you were in Dallas yesterday. Yeah. Got back yesterday afternoon. I would imagine. Yeah, we got uh, got back last night about six o'clock. So what? It, it's a it's a rare treat when we land. And, and the sun is still up because typically sure. it's uh, one or one thirty in the morning when yeah. we touch down somewhere, whether it's Phoenix or one of the other cities. That's great. Well, I can't imagine a better day to have you filling in for Gambo today, because as you would expect here on Burns and Gambo, oh, we got a lot to unpack when it comes to that game yesterday. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. 11 seconds left. Suns up two. Irving bounces it in for Doncic. He's got a Kogi defending him. Starts to drive to his left. Spins to his right. Into the lane. Gives a Kogi a shove. Misses the shot. Rebound Durant. Down to three seconds left. He's fouled by Luka. And the Suns with a chance to get the big time W on the road. KD going to the line to try to put him up four. Instant classic yesterday. That's what you get when you've got four superstars on the floor at the same time. And they basically all delivered in one form or fashion or another. KD with 37, Booker with 36, Booker who was just named uh, Western Conference Player of the Week, by the way, uh, Luka with 34, Kyrie with 30, and the Suns beat the Mavs 130 to 126 in one hell of a show on a Sunday afternoon, wasn't it? I mean, it, it was everything you could want and hope for as a fan, whether you were um, one of the lucky ones inside American Airlines Center listening here with uh, the radio voice, one of the radio voices, John Bloom, and, uh, you know, watching there on TV. I mean, it was an absolute thriller. Neither team led by more than double figures, Suns by nine, Cavs or Mavs by eight, and just back and forth, and big-time players making big-time plays all along the way. Again and again and again and again. We've kind of divvied this up for the first two segments of the show, where basically this segment, we're just going to gush for a few minutes, all right? The things we loved about yesterday, because there were so many things to love about yesterday. And then in the next segment, I'm not going to call 
the things we hated about yesterday, because I don't know if you could hate them, but certainly there are still some screws that need to be tightened a little bit, right? And some things that we need to see. And we don't, we didn't want to open the show with that because it makes it sound like we're kind of nitpicking and we're, you know, they're three and oh since Kevin Durant's come here. The guy's averaging like 13 shots per game. So if we're going to have a conversation about the things we love, with all due respect to Devin Booker, let's start with Kevin Durant, who, you know, just put on an absolute show yesterday. He took 17 shots and scored 37 points. And I know this touches the nerve of one of your favorite stats about Kevin Durant when he when he came to the Suns, right? Yeah. You know, th- this is the part that gets lost when, when people talk about, you know, the, the arrival of Kevin Durant. He is rated, prior to the trade, rated 43rd in the NBA in touches. So wrap your head around that. A guy who averages almost 30 points per game. So you typically translate to the, oh, the ball's always in his hands. Mm-hmm. No, it, it couldn't be further from the truth. 43rd. So if you if you want to go all mathmication, as our good friend Tom Chambers likes to say, <laughs> it, you know that puts him basically in the 99th percentile in terms of his, his, his scoring effectiveness. Yeah. 43rd in touches, 99th in effectiveness, and all of that played out yesterday, especially in the second half. He's, I'm looking at his career stats right now. I, because I, I, I don't know about anybody else, but watching yesterday's game, there are these moments where you do want to see Kevin Durant shoot more. At least it's like instinctually you feel, man, it feels like it's gone a long time without Kevin Durant taking a shot. They need to get him more involved. I'm looking at his career stats, okay? On average in his career, and what a hell of a career it's been. He only averages about 19 shots per game. He's never been, you, you'd like, I think the most he's ever had, I'm looking at this, was season two with Brooklyn. He averaged 20.3 shots per game. I don't think Devin Booker's had a season where he's averaged less than 20 shots per game. If and, it, and to that number, that was out of necessity. Yeah, out of sheer necessity. Like, yeah, because Kyrie and, you know, right. all of that stuff, it's like he kind of needed to do more. He's, you know, with the Suns, he's at 14 per game. This year with the Nets, he's at 19 per game. There was one year. There's one year with Golden State. He was like 16 and a half shots per game. Now again, that's but that's the comp, right? You're on a team with Steph. You're on a team with Clay. Kevin Durant can still have an unbelievable season where he's averaging 25 points per game on 16 shots per game. It it, it, it blows your mind when you think about it that way. He is he is the epitome of you know ultimate superstar who. Loves to share the wealth, and could he have come to a better team? Because you're you're talking about teaming up with two other guys who are also all about sharing the wealth in Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Mm -hmm. And, And by virtue of that, they all make the the other better, and then not to say what they do to the other guys. The DeAndre Aytons, the Josh Kogis, and anybody else that is on the floor. And that's the other thing that you can go back and, and look at KD's numbers. Every stop he has been at, even Stephen Clay, you look at those, those years he was there, their shooting percentages were all higher. Their efficiency percentages were all higher because of Kevin Durant. It's a combination of the spacing and his willingness and desire to share the basketball and just, you know, a... An Einstein-like basketball IQ. 
and a shot that is as quick trigger as they get. I mean, he just he gets to his spots with such ease and such. I mean, you, you see, we've been watching Kevin Durant for a decade plus, right? So we're no, none of us are surprised by what he can do. But watching him do it for your team, his ability to get to spots, his ability to know exactly where he needs to be to get the shot off that has absolutely no shot of being blocked or contested because he's got such a high release point in those long arms. It's crazy how easy he can get where he wants to go and how effortless. It's like t-shirt shorts and flip-flops effortless, right? Like it's just total cash out there and it makes it look so easy. And and you you what you said there was not only apropos for the Suns fans, broadcasters, media in general, uh but the same was true for his new teammates, Marty. If, if, if you I had a chance to talk to some of the guys after the first couple of weeks of practice, mm-hmm. and, you know, these guys have all watched and consumed KD highlights and played against him. Sure. Two weeks into practice, and they're like, holy hell. <laughs> like, I mean, I knew the guy was good. I knew he could do this. I knew he could do that. Yeah. But watching him do it, wearing, you know, a son's practice jersey, and watching him do it with us, uh, it, you know, you listen to DeAndre Ayton. I mean, D.A. was gushing like a 12-year-old. Ain't that something. Um, <laughs> and, I, you know, we'll, we'll get into this more later, Um but I think if there is one guy who can and will be impacted both short and hopefully long term from the arrival of Kevin Durant, it's, it's D.A. Yeah. And not just statistically. I'm talking about the work ethic. Yeah. Because this guy puts in work like I'd heard some stories, but Monty's talked about it. Chris and Book have talked about it. Um, and now they've gotten to see it firsthand. Another guy, and I, I feel like I, I feel like I'm going to, for reasons that maybe you know, maybe you don't, I'm going to issue two apologies over the course of today's show. Uh, and I'll go ahead and get them both out of the way right now, and we'll get into them a little specifically. Um, I want to issue an apology to Ish Wainwright, because I was among <laughs> those who believed the Suns should pursue Kevin Love when that buyout was out there, and that might have meant sacrificing Ish in that contract. We'll talk more about Ish in a bit. I also feel like, in a way, I have to apologize to Devin Booker, because for that exact conversation that you just had a second ago. Who's going to benefit the most from Kevin Durant? Devin Booker in the three games with Kevin Durant is averaging 36 points per game, 7.7 assists, 5.3 rebounds. He's shooting 56% from the floor. He's shooting 50% from three. He is getting looks that I don't know if he's had since his second year in the league, right? Or his third year. He's. We saw it especially on Friday against the Bulls. Man, they, they put the Bulls in a blender and Devin Booker was so wide open a couple of times, it was almost obscene how easy those shots were for him. And oh, by the way, the the Bulls, you know, if you want to discount their record, whatever, the Bulls were the number one rated defensive team since January 1 going into that game. (laughs) Number one. (laughs) So, you know, not number nine, not number 12, not even number five. They were number one. And you, you, you hit it right on the head. The Suns put them in an absolute blender. Billy Donovan, you know, we were, we were sitting there courtside and I love Billy Donovan. Got a great deal of respect for him. Great coach, but watching him just like, just exasperated. Like, I, <laughs> what am I, I supposed to do? <laughs> can I check in a seventh guy? Cause that's what I need to be able to cover all the floor. <laughs> yeah. I, he's, he's, 
he's but and, and look, we were so used to Booker being incredible, but the way he's benefited from this and the way he's taken advantage of this, I mean, for him, okay, he had the 35 against the Bulls on Friday night, but then for him to do what he did last night, 36 points on 60% shooting, 10 assists, one turnover. I, I mean, it was just, it was, it was, it's been great. It's been so much fun to watch and it's just going to continue. Now, when we come back on Burns and Gambo with Kevin filling in for Gambo today, yes, the Suns won. And yeah, this might be a little nitpicky when we come back, but there are some things that need to be tightened up. And we'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo show with Kevin Ray filling in. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Monday edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Hope everybody out there had a real good weekend. Kevin Ray, Suns broadcaster, is filling in for Gambo today. Gambo will be back tomorrow to talk about a lot of this stuff as well. Next up for the Suns, they take on Oklahoma City on Wednesday. The home debut for Kevin Durant. I can only imagine. (laughs) I can only imagine what that's going to be like coming up, right? It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. For little, sure. Little, uh, little zoo-like, I'm sure, probably. Wednesday. Yeah, probably, probably. One other thing, all right, if you just tuned in to Burns and Gambo, we we kind of started the show by saying, here's what we loved about yesterday, right? And, and we probably could have talked for 10 more minutes. There was one other thing I wanted to mention, and then we'll get into the other part of this conversation. And I, I kind of buried the lead on this one. I, I think the other thing that we loved about it was that it was Dallas. you know, And not that this makes up for anything that happened, because it doesn't. Only one thing will make up for what happened. Right. But there is, and we're really going to get into this later, there really is this bubbling, boiling rivalry between these two teams, right? And it, it was just as much fun as it was for them, for the Mavs to do what they did to the Suns last May. Again, not that one game during the regular season makes up for that, but any time you play a rival, and clearly the Mavs are a rival now, that adds to the fun, right? Because it just you get this injection of emotion into it that, no disrespect, it's just not there when you play Charlotte. It's not really there when you play the Bulls. It's a little different when you play the Mavs. No, completely. Um, and look for for a lot of reasons, and and I love what what Book said. Um, and for us, you know, for us old guys, um, especially the old former players, one of the things that that they just like lose their brain about. EJ talks about it is you know all the the hug and the high five, the dapping up, you know, before the game. Yeah, like you know, it's like you're at the park or at the YM. Say, hey man, how's it going? You know, you're going down to the lunch break with your buddy, and we're gonna go run. On hoops and yesterday going back to the last year's playoffs that's that's what the old school stuff was yeah I mean you didn't have guys you know slapping high fives and you know it, it was a heated battle and and that's what book said after it was like you you know you guys talk about all this this friendliness and well you got some smoke now so smoke has been provided smoke has been smoke has definitely you guys say you don't want everyone to be friendly friendly there you go right we got some smoke says devin booker all right so uh, again 
No, there's nothing wrong with beating Dallas on a Sunday afternoon. There's certainly nothing wrong when, when KD and, and Book do the things they do. That being said, we're three games in now, and, and, and I, I'm curious from your perspective because you're calling almost all of these games for Bally Sports. Um, it, it seems like the number one thing right now is just going to be rotationally figuring out who fills the other spots, right? Who's We all know that KD and Book and Paul Paul and Aiton are the tile. Who's the grout, right? Like, who's kind of whole? And yesterday, you almost saw mid-game, like, okay, it's a Kogi and it's Terrence Ross. Eh, that's not going so hot. Let's make it more about Ish Wright and Torrey Craig. And it worked. It was, a, it was effective. And I got to imagine, for these next 18 games, however many they have left, there's going to be a lot of, like, open auditioning like that to figure out who the grout's going to be between the tiles when yeah. you start the playoffs, right? No, that's exactly right. And look, credit to, to Monty Williams. I mean, he he knows that he has a short runway to work with. You know, you don't have 35 games to kind of dabble. Like, oh, let's try this for a quarter. Let's try this for a half or a game. And I thought that he and the coaching staff made a very shrewd move. Look, Josh has been playing, you know, lights out. And the great thing about Josh is his offense is never going to affect the other parts of his game. Mm-hmm. So that's always going to be in place. Um, and his teammates have constantly told him, and look, going into the Chicago game, you know, Book had reminded him because I thought if there was one guy who was kind of like maybe overwhelmed by the arrival of. Kevin Durant, like, I'm in the starting five with Kevin freaking Durant. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I-, I thought he deferred and passed up some shots in that game one against Charlotte. And Devin Booker reminded him, like, look, you're going to be open. I mean, they're, they're going to make defensive decisions based on us. You're going to be open. You can't be reluctant. And I thought he took the, the right approach against Chicago. He took the right approach against Dallas. He just wasn't Couldn't knocking shots down. But he, he still was making an impact on the defensive end. That being said, uh, Terrence Ross, yeah, he, he struggled defensively. You know, Terrence been out for a couple of games with his sore toe. I'm sure that his conditioning and just timing still is not up to speed. Uh, and then offensively, there wasn't any there. So I thought the... The last two and a half minutes, I think it was of the third quarter, as yes. great as, as KD and Book and everybody else played, like that was so instrumental and key with Tory and Ish because it was an eight point Dallas lead and it was teetering on getting to yeah. 11, 12, 13 points going into the fourth quarter. And Ish comes in, Tory comes in, and all of a sudden they stabilize. Thing, couple of threes by Ish, a knockdown three by Tory, yep. some good solid defense, and then we're all even in the fourth quarter. And, and I thought that that really set things up nicely for him. Yeah, Ish. Uh, I mean, again, my more formal apology to him will come a little later in the show, but I'm going to apologize a few times today to Ish Wainwright uh, when it's all said and done. Yeah, it's th- that in a Kogi. Here's the thing about Josh. Or I, I, I'm not advocating for him to be out of the starting lineup not by a long stretch just knowing that he is going to get a lot of open looks and he needs to take those open looks but if he's not making those open looks then decisions need to be 
made because uh, there's no doubt that even when he's not making those shots, he provides presence out there, defensively a presence that not too many other guys in the Suns can match in terms of his skill and expertise to do it, especially at the point of attack. So I'm not saying throw the baby out with the bathwater on this one and don't play Josh Okoge, but his at some point, and you saw it yesterday, Monty just had to get him out of the game. I mean, he just had to try something else because it was, and it went very much in his favor against the Bulls when he was 5 of 10 from distance. So that's kind of the game within the game of this. Ross is a different deal. I, I He's new when he's a buyout guy, and I don't know how much time he was promised, and I don't know how how that's going to work defensively. That, that's the thing about this team. You've got Plenty and plenty and plenty of scoring. You do need defenders out there, right? Some of those glue guys. You don't. You can't just put a bunch of scorers out there. And that's where I'm a little worried about Ross, just to see how he fits in in the grand scheme. Because I don't know how he's going to fit right. in the grand scheme. Yeah, and, and the one thing to keep in mind too with Terrence is his minutes had been deteriorating significantly in Orlando. You know, he got a young team, and they clearly were kind of phasing him out. Him out. Yeah. So I think that his conditioning, his timing, everything. Thing will improve. Look, Terrence is, is you know, he, he does not have a defensive reputation, so I think he will continue to be improved. To your point, it will really be critically important that communication is paramount when he is on the floor, help defenders, you know, being available. And I think that he will get better. The thing that I go back to with Josh, and this is one of the reasons why I believe he is in the starting lineup and, and will remain there unless he really hits the wall. And we brought this up a couple times in the telecast. Josh, you know, even when he is not making that outside shot, the one thing that he has done consistently, he will drive the ball to the basket. He's yeah. averaged almost four and a half free throws per game since, well, the last now 15, 16 games. And you can't underestimate the importance of that because if he gets to the line, that means you're potentially getting into the bonus sooner and putting great free throw shooters, typically, although they've, they've all, for whatever reason, yeah. great free throw shooting team the, the last three games, they mm-hmm. still won, but you know, Books missed a couple, KD had hit 45 of 46, and then he's missed a couple, but I think that's one of the things that, that will keep Josh on the floor along with his offensive rebounding and his defense. Texas, your thoughts on the Suns. FanDuel text line is open at 620-620 right now. When we come back, we switch gears to the Arizona Cardinals. Our first major purchase in the quarterback market today. Between that and everything that happened this weekend over the Combine, we have to reset the market when it comes to the Cardinals and the number 3 pick. We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter Poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Eric is here. He's got today's Twitter Poll question of the day. Uh, I believe I I was told in the hallway I have a chance to redeem myself on this one. Yeah, Um, atone for your sins. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> the ones that you have admitted against Ish Wainwright, who's an option in this poll, who you can choose, or you can choose somebody else. Here's the question. Who of the following was the most important in the Suns' win over the Mavericks yesterday? You've got Ish, you've got CP3, DA, or you can write in your fourth option. Free choice. Okay, so not Durant, not Book. you got to take those guys out. Who was the most important yesterday? It's so easy to say Ish. It's so easy to say ish. Um, <laughs> I don't want to pass up the opportunity to redeem myself. So I'll 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 say ish, though You don't I, but you don't believe I, it. I got Chris Paul just barking in my ears right now. <laughs> right? I'm seriously like because He's pointing I'm, out there's actually more options over there. Well, you can just, just pick them. Yeah, I mean just he, 
he was so open yesterday, and it was so good to see him connect on those shots in the fourth. I mean, that that felt like the thing that went, okay, they're going to be fine. Chris is hitting his shots. Chris is taking his shots. But I'll say ish, because this has come on the show like six times this year, and I feel bad if I don't. So, Yeah, I mean, look, I, I would have to say ish, because going back to what, what we were talking about in the previous segment, I mean, that third quarter... Um, if Ish doesn't hit those two threes, if Tory doesn't hit that three, uh, but then Ish stayed on the, the floor in the fourth quarter and hit a huge three in the fourth quarter. I mean, th- this is a guy that, you know, two months ago, people were wondering, is he going to be able to stick and to, yep. to, to take shots, make shots, and then, in addition, defend mm-hmm. and rebound the way he did in the fourth quarter of a game like that? That gives you hope and belief that he could become a factor come playoff time. So, what's our audience say on this one? Not only did he do all of that, he also blew everybody else out in this poll. 70.9% say it was Ish who was the most important non-KD or Booker player yesterday. In second place at 14% is DeAndre Ayton, 12% is Chris Paul, 2% is Other. I mean, his mom was there. Yesterday. Yeah. You know, how could you pick against the guy when his mother's there? Right. How can you pick against the guy who physically gets ill when... I was going to say, I'm glad he didn't get too excited to see his mom. I mean, I got so excited watching him play, I thought I was going to throw up. I mean, I was really <laughs> into that yesterday, so I'm that glad was I just didn't... the birthday activities coming back to bite you. <laughs> you know what? That's it was the day after my birthday. That might have been much more about that than it was. It wasn't that bad. I was fine. It wasn't that bad. All right, that's the poll question. You can find it on the Burn and Gambo Twitter page. The Voice of the Suns, Kay Ray uh, from Bally Sports. Our guests fill in today here on Burns and Gambo. Gambo will be back tomorrow. We turn our attention to the NFL because in addition to his duties as calling Suns games for Bally Sports, Kevin is also the voice of the Dallas Cowboys for their... Radio broadcasts? Is that? Uh, the national radio. The national broad- radio yeah. broadcasts. Okay. Yeah, I, know, the, I always get a little confused by that. I know fans will find this as a shock. The Cowboys are the only team in the NFL to have their own exclusive national radio deal. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly, I'm really not that surprised by that. <laughs> I mean, I, I say that facetiously. Yeah, like, just, well, Jerry Jones got everything else. So why, 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 why not, shouldn't why, he? Why not be the only team with a, you know, did, did that show up on that NFL Players Association report card last week? <laughs> you get an A-plus for that in Dallas. They only wanted to have one for goodness no, sake. I am, I am quite grateful and uh, appreciative of that. So. <laughs> sure, I'm sure you are. Yeah, I'm sure you are. So we're very comfortable talking NFL. Um, a domino fell today. When it came, now, and on the surface, you look at it and say it doesn't have that much to do with the Cardinals, but in, in a way, there are a couple of things that happened this weekend. In a way, it kind of does. Uh, the Saints have signed Derek Carr to a contract. Basically, it's a four-year deal, but the way you really look at it, it's like two years and $60 million and then they can kind of get out of it after that if they wanted to. So it's 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 a technically a four-year deal, but it's really more like a two-year deal. He is the first quarterback domino to have fallen, and perhaps from a Cardinal standpoint, so far so good, K-Ray, in this regard, that if you look at the draft order and if you're thinking that the Cardinals are going to move down, 
New Orleans doesn't need a quarterback now. Now, New Orleans didn't have first-round inventory to come up and get one anyway because of the Chris Olave trade. So it's not like they were in a position to move up with the Cardinals anyway. But by Derek Carr not going to Atlanta, by Derek Carr not going to Carolina, it leaves Atlanta and Carolina and Vegas as quarterback-needy teams in addition to potentially the Lions, maybe the Seahawks, certainly the Colts. Basically, it keeps everything intact behind the Cardinals in the draft for teams that might want to move up to number three and take a quarterback if they're so inclined. Yeah, and and so with with Carr, you know, moving one of those chess pieces, I think the 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 other two pieces that people teams are kind of waiting on is Aaron Rodgers now that he's come out of the the man cave um, and <laughs> giving a bad name for meditation that's what Aaron <laughs> as a guy who meditates every now and then Aaron Rodgers giving a bad name to meditation because I don't go in a cave to do it no, All no. Right? five to ten minutes every day I feel like a better person come on Aaron you're giving, you go. A, giving the whole operation a bad name you're killing me um, and Lamar Jackson yeah you know especially with the it's interesting. I, I I've watched and listened to this Lamar Jackson thing last night and this morning, and it it feels very similar to like what the Suns did with DeAndre. You know, because of that position where um, what 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 is the it's not the franchise the is it the designated the, franchise the exclusive, exclusive franchise or the non exclusive? Yeah. If he signs an exclusive, if he's offered the exclusive franchise tag, he can't negotiate yeah, with right. anybody, right? Like you're you're gonna play for the Ravens, basically. So the non exclusive now puts the onus really on the marketplace. Yes. Like, okay, go find your number. Get that number, and if we're comfortable with that number, we'll gladly match it. Because this is the number we've we've been talking about Such for a year. Point. It's very DeAndre Eaton like, isn't it? Right. And you just don't see and hear teams utilizing that. And it 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 is interesting how you know NFL quarterbacks, and not all of them, but pretty dang close the top 10 it's been like monopoly money like they're just you know there's the bank of quarterbacks they're just printing money oh yeah and i think teams are, are reaching a point like man we where do we go from here i mean are we going to be paying a quarterback 70 million a year <laughs> Brother, just you wait. Joe Burrow, I mean, Justin Herbert. Right. I mean, I mean the, and Joe, so, Joe Burrow's deal is going to the whole thing, right? right. And so I, I do believe that we could be seeing somewhat of a a market reset by the Ravens doing this. And I know I know that, you know, it's not the first time that former NFL players, current NFL players have talked about collusion. Mm. <laughs> but mm. you got to feel like there may be some backroom discussions like, uh, y'all might want to use this tag so that we can <laughs> bring the, the numbers back out of the stratosphere. And if we're talking about Lamar Jackson specifically, that's where the, the C word, the collusion word, might have gotten all thrown into chaos because the Cleveland Browns gave Deshaun Watson that fully guaranteed well, contract. Right. And, and and everybody, no one's reporting this, but the belief is, is that that's what's held up everything with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, is it's, that he looked at that deal and said, oh yeah, daddy wants one of those. Uh, that, that's what I'm looking for. Hey, look, and the Ravens are like, the hell? We're not giving you a fully guaranteed right. contract. It's because they did it for Deshaun. We're not doing it for you. And if I'm Lamar and his people, I would have been doing the same thing, considering Lamar's had a far more productive career.
career than Deshaun Watson has. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, not everybody's as dumb as the Browns. <laughs> and, I, and I think the Ravens basically, are, I mean, they're already AFC North rivals. And the Ravens are like, no, we're, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. So so now, so what happens with, and the deadline for the franchise tag is tomorrow. Do they, do they give them the non-exclusive tag? Does that mean that a team could sign them to an offer sheet? Do the Ravens match? Do they take the two first-round picks? Is one of those teams one of those franchises that would have traded up with the Cardinals? I'll tell you something else happened over the weekend as well. And I think this was somewhat expected to a certain extent. The quarterbacks at the Combine, Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud, put on a show. Right. Put on an absolute show. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, again, I really have a lot of respect for him, said that C.J. Stroud is having one of the best throwing sessions I've seen at the Combine. Anthony Richardson, apparently, not that you ask your quarterback to vertical jump a whole lot, apparently his vertical jump was wide receiver-like. I mean, he just put on this crazy show. And again, all of this, if the Cardinals want to move down, depending on what happens with Will Anderson, and if he goes before the Cardinals are making their pick, you need to make sure that there's going to be a steady kind of audience of teams that want to move up to number three. And given the quarterback shortage, given how well the quarterbacks perform this weekend in Indianapolis, you would think those conditions are setting up nicely for the Cardinals if their intention is to trade number three. Right. You know, and the other thing I thought was interesting point Lewis Riddick brought up over the weekend. I happened to catch this because uh, he's been there at the Combine. was there at the Combine all week. But, uh, and I know it's only one quarterback one year, but I thought he made a, a great point when talking about Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. Like Brock Purdy hmm. should have should have opened eyes to everyone that what, what do we always say? The, the draft, there is no exact science to finding a franchise quarterback. And if Brock Purdy and the Niners selection of him didn't prove that, what, what it does prove is you've got to have the right coach, the right system. That's it. But, but that being said, we, we look at this combine and we get all caught up in all these analytics and these numbers. And it still blows my mind that they do the NFL Combine the way they do. And I know why they do it. Because the NFL is into printing money. And that's exactly what the the NFL Combine does. It only benefits the NFL. Another subject for another day, sure. Because uh, I've, I've got a I've got a belief and a feeling like what what the NFL PA should do for the combine. But that being said, w- when are we going to stop getting caught up in just forty numbers and how many times you can bench two twenty five and the ver- because that's not how the game of is course, played. Yeah, of course not. Yeah, no, no, it's not. <laughs> and, and, and and I I would agree with you. But in a year where the Cardinals have the number three pick, I understand if, if teams and I'm, I'm saying if teams are going to get all excited because Anthony Richardson can jump higher than a wide receiver, right. then do it. Whatever it is that benefits the Cardinals to maximize their return. Yeah, you're not flipping three. the script in, 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 in this year for yeah. the specific for the Cardinals. So. You can win lower level tickets to see Kevin Durant's first home game as a oh. son, right? Text the word KD to 62620. Enter for your chance to win lower level tickets to see the Suns and the Thunder on a Wednesday. Plus, we'll throw in two Kevin Durant jerseys just because we're all generous like that. Text KD to 62620. Take a look around the Western Conference in the NBA. John Morant and Memphis. We got to talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show.
and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, the following you're about to hear is Taylor Jenkins. This was uh, before last night's Grizzlies game against the L.A. Clippers, a game in which they lost to Memphis. There is no timetable for resolution when it comes to John Moran. There's not a definitive timeline. I mean, we have said that it's going to be at least these two games. You know, we're taking it one day at a time. I mean, this is going to be an ongoing healing process. Um, so um, I, I can't comment in terms of what the exact timetable is going to be because it's really not a timetable situation. That was Taylor Jenkins. The team had initially said that John Morant would be away for at least two games as he seeks help and the NBA conducts an investigation into an Instagram live video he posted early Saturday morning in which he displayed what appeared to be a gun while at a nightclub. Uh, Kevin Ray's filling in for Gambo today uh, as we talk about this on the Burns and Gambo show. I do also want to point out that Ramona Shelburne via her Twitter account points out that police in Colorado are also investigating John Morant actions. Uh, they, they're they trying to decide whether Morant may have broken any gun laws within Colorado. It's an open carry state. There are exceptions to that law. Certainly NBA has their rules in this as well. They prohibit a player from possessing a firearm while on a team premises or traveling on team business. It feels like John Morant's going to be out a little bit more than a couple of games, and it seems like John Morant's getting real close to Gittering off that road a little bit if he doesn't get some things in control in his life. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's truly unfortunate because you know, and EJ talk EJ and I talk about this a lot. Same thing with with Tom Chambers, former player. Um, you know, these guys, and whether it's the NBA, NFL, there are so many resources. And not the least of which is like former players and former players who have both been successful and who have also fought demons mm-hmm. and who have been able you know what to. That sound means to it's spring break. Nope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> computer audio mute mute. Sorry, <laughs> like who's talking? I don't know what that What's sound means. <laughs> who? <laughs> Noise is off. <laughs> but. Um, you know, it, it is a situation with John now that he has put his fate in the hands of others. And it, it's it's sad because, one, he's got a father. And you're, you know, you're a parent. You're a dad to a son. I'm a father to a son. Those who have children, I don't care if they're 23, 33. You know, there are times you have to step in and go, hey, hey. <laughs> Knucklehead. Yeah. Let's go. Get your act together. Right. Let's go. Um, and and it's unfortunate. I, I feel like his father is has gotten so caught up in looking and playing the role of Usher every time he's at a game <laughs> because he continues to wear Usher glasses, you know, six years into this. But yeah. uh, all kidding aside, this is a kid that is jeopardizing like $300 million. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Rose had had a great commentary. I think it was on Saturday or I, I believe it was Saturday before the, the NBA games that night. And Jalen Rose can, can speak specifically to issues because he, too, was was in a similar situation. Um, and I, I'm not necessarily a, a fan of, of Skip and Shannon, but I thought Shannon, this was this was after like the second incident, because this isn't the first or second. This is like third or fourth now. Yeah. And Shannon's like, do you know how many people fight to get out of the hood? And you're, you're trying to like play hood like. And here's the thing, like 
Ja didn't grow up in East Compton, you know, with a single family member, with drugs being sold around him. I mean, he grew up in a modest, upper middle income family. Mm -hmm. It's like, why are you trying to play this this roughneck guy? Yeah. And oh, by the way, he's got a small daughter. Like, dude. What are you doing? You know, it's the perfect, like, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Right. Man. And like you say, now you've got law enforcement investigation. Don't forget, the NBA is just beginning their investigation. Yep. And that's what Adrian Wojnarowski spoke on today on the NBA on ESPN. This is not the first time the NBA has investigated John Morant on gun-related incidents. Here's Woj. The league investigation uh, just started on Saturday. Uh, this is not the first time that they've investigated uh, allegations around John Morant with uh, a, a possible firearm. And that has been uh, part of league probes really going back a year now. Here's more Woj. What they're going to want to know. Uh, was that John Morant's gun that he was holding? Uh, was that gun on a team plane? Was it in a team facility? Was it in a locker room? You know, those are all certainly some of the questions that they're going to have as they start digging into this situation with John Morant. Certainly, they're going to want to know, uh, as Ramon is reporting, what the Colorado authorities are finding out. And there is, and I had forgotten about this, but there is some kind of precedent with this in 2010. The NBA suspended Gilbert Arenas. I'm just going to say, yeah, Agent the, Zero? Yeah, for the firearm issue, and that was an indefinite suspension. Now, you know, uh, uh, of course, concern number one is is going to be, you know, hoping somebody, whether it's his family or some of the other NBA elite, be it LeBron, Steph, Book, Chris, whomever, kind of gets the job before he really starts to spin out of control with this. If you're just looking at this from a sheer basketball standpoint, man, there's only one game now separating the Memphis Grizzlies and the Sacramento Kings. There's only three games separating the Phoenix Suns from the Memphis Grizzlies. If John Morant's going to st- spend an extended period of time not playing basketball because of this investigation, and again, just having a pure basketball conversation here, suddenly the idea of catching number two in the West takes on far more significance and is far more at least conversation worthy than it might have been a week ago when we thought Memphis was basically untouchable and kind of locked into two. They're touchable if John's not going to play, right? And that Brandon Clark with the Achilles injury over the weekend, that's not, you know, so it's not the only thing Memphis is dealing with right now. Right. They got, they got some issues they're dealing with in Memphis with that team. Yeah. And, you know, d- dare I say the words, uh, we good in the West? <laughs> go, 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 go look at how good Memphis has been in the West since those remarks were made going into the Christmas Day game. Uh, they, they've got some major issues, and this is the kind of stuff why, why players will tell you. You have to cherish and relish every game and every opportunity because, man, it is not promised. And for a team that talks a lot of junk, they've accomplished nothing. No. And, and and that's not me reminding them that. That's that's like old heads reminding them that. Yeah. When we come back on the Burns in Gambo show with Kevin Ray filling in, we've got the Spurs of the mid to late 2000s. We've got the Lakers since what feels like the beginning of time. Where does this iteration of the Mavericks rank as a rival of the Suns? Where could it end up when it comes to that conversation? That's next on the Burns and Gambo show.